0: We bet you'll like them.
1: I'm back in the saddle again.
2: Pop pop is showtime, 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 showtime. Guess who's back again?
0: Checking in from the right side of Acadiana, seeking truth justice Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth yes. And a whole lot of freedom to have fun. Winning winning, winning who yeah. This is the Russ report.
1: in the air Everywhere I
3: look around Happy Valentine's Day Love is in the air Every sight
1: and every sound And I don't know if I'm being foolish. Don't know if I'm being wise
3: Yeah, you thought I forgot? No, and it absolutely relates with the topic coming up. Did you order flowers for someone you love? Uh, this valentine 's Day, well, that person might have had to get jump through hoops to get to get to be able to arrange those flowers and get them out to the one you love, you know, and that just shouldn't be and We have someone uh, who 's been fighting that forever through the Pelican Institute for Public Policy, Sarah Harbison. welcome back to the Ross report.
4: Hey, Carol. Thanks for
3: having me. Oh, you bet so uh yeah, whoever you know guys would like to send flowers on valentine 's day and uh, in Louisiana, you got to have all kind. You got to jump through hoops to be able to do that, don't you?
4: That's right. In order to sell an arrangement of cut flowers of different types, a florist has to have a license from the state to do that. You can sell cut flowers of the same type. So, if somebody wanted to buy a bouquet of only roses or only lilies. That's perfectly fine, but you start mixing the two, you need a license.
3: Get out! No, I, re- I didn't even I didn't even know about that nuance in the law. Oh my gosh! Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. There are a few different uh, types of, of florist uh, licenses, which is silly that we even have them. Period. Uh, I, we're the only state in the country that does this. None of the other states have any sort of concern about unlicensed florists. <laughs> of course, you might need an, an occupational license to to yeah. have a business. Yeah. But you don't need a license to sell an arrangement of flowers. This is something that people do because they watch YouTube t- tutorials. They have a knack for it. And if somebody doesn't like them, they leave a nasty Yelp review or a Google review. There's really – there's no health, safety, welfare,
3: fiduciary uh, right. concern right. here. And, 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 and even if something really goes wrong – there are always lawsuits. You know, we got a lot of lawyers here in Louisiana. They can they All right, tell me the story though. It's that you we are filing this on behalf of someone by the name of Angel Mixon. So tell me her story.
4: Angel is she's a wonderful person. Um, she works uh, as a paralegal, and. Unfortunately her daughter died of fentanyl poisoning um, at 26 years old oh, and to keep her grave site uh, looking looking great and to honor her daughter she started um, she started buying buying uh, arrangements floral arrangements and she noticed like like we all noticed that those are very expensive so she thought well there's really no reason I can't do this myself so she started watching YouTube videos and she learned that there's not a whole lot to floral arranging. And in fact, she's got a real talent for it. Uh-huh. And um, if you if you go to our website, pelicanpolicy.org, you can see our complaint. We've got some pictures of some of the arrangements that she created to honor her daughter. Well, she still, flowers, even if you just buy them, unarranged, are still very expensive. So she tried to go to the wholesaler. And the wholesaler told her, you're not allowed to shop here because you don't have a florist license. Oh my god. So she thought to herself, Well what the heck? What's a what's a florist license? How do I how do I how do I get one? Just sign me up for one of those. And she found out that you have to pay a hundred dollar fee plus sign up for a one hundred fourteen dollar written test administered by the state asking multiple choice, true false matching questions about the history of
3: flowers. Jeez, <laughs> oh, no, seriously
4: I I could not make this up. Yeah,
3: to know the history of flowers,
4: I I guess I I couldn't
3: pass that. I I know that. No, no, definitely not.
4: Unfortunately, the state got rid of um, a subjective requirement. There used to be, believe it or not, um, a, a a test where you were assigned to create an arrangement and you were judged by a panel of other florists.
3: Oh my. So it's it's gotten better, but not really. So so if somebody wanted to uh, keep that person from going into business in a certain area against them, they they could they could blackball that person and not. Ha- they, they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yes, yeah, they could. So many of our licensing laws are that way. We have people who are active market, market participants deciding who gets to be a participant.
3: Yeah. So she's denied what due process. Uh, equal protection, due process, equal protection,
4: um, uh, free speech. I mean, it's an expressive. It's an expressive art. It's how she communicates um, her grief and expresses her love for her daughter, and uh, um, uh, privileges and or immunities.
3: All right. So you filed a complaint. Tell me mm-hmm. about tell me about the complaint and how you expect this to go. Where you filed, well, it, we et cetera. Filed-
4: yeah, we filed a complaint this morning in the middle district of Louisiana. This is where she resides and where the, um, the defendants are located, the Horticulture Commission. Uh, we were assigned a judge this morning and, um, we imagine that, uh, the state is going to, to respond. Fortunately, um, a few lawsuits have been filed, uh, calling into question the constitutionality of Louisiana's, um, forest licensure requirement. So it's, it's, and we've been talking a lot about how absurd it is, so we know that a lot a lot of legislators who are interested in occupational license reform are paying attention, and they especially see the absurdity here and, and how this is really just a a way to keep people who um, want to earn a living in a profession that should have a very low barrier to entry from doing that and making a living in the in the um in the way that they choose, so mm-hmm. it's possible the legislature responds before the judge does, but we expect that the, the state would would respond and and defend the um, defend their florist requirement.
3: Do you th- Do you see that this might have an implication on others? I'm thinking in particular um, now the do- the doctors, the medical schools don't uh, limit uh, medical students as strictly as dental schools do. Uh, in my understanding, do you see that this might have implications for that as well, that they're, they're, these are too restrictive um, and restrain, you know, people from, you know, becoming a dentist or a doctor or whatever?
4: Sure. I don't know enough about those requirements to talk to, to talk um, intelligently about them. But there are so many occupational license, licenses that the state requires, uh, for example, shampooers. Yes. The person who shampoos your hair at the hair salon has to have a special license for that. Um, they have to have so many hours of training. Um, somebody who is a um, an arborist has to have a license. Uh, there are all these, all these um, professions that should have a very low barrier to entry that don't have health, safety, um, or fiduciary uh, responsibilities where we just make it so darn difficult for people to work.
3: So this has been tried before, though, hasn't it? I mean... Um you all have, or others have, uh, tried to break down these these uh, restrictive uh, licensing. Have, have they not? Why is this different, and why do you think that this one is the one that's going to succeed where others maybe have failed?
4: Well, several years ago, I, I believe in the early 2000s, um, an organization called the Institute for Justice also challenged the Louisiana florist licensing requirement. Um, unfortunately... Uh, Ms. Meadows, who was um, the appropriately named florist involved in the case, she died oh, before, the, uh, before anything was resolved. They, and uh, I think during Hurricane Katrina happened, and there were a few other potential challengers they, got, they were lost track of. And then another challenge was brought a few years later, I believe, where um, the case settled because the state got rid of that subjective floral arrangement part of the test and just left it at the written test. And nobody's gone quite as far as we, as we are hoping to go.
3: Oh, okay. All right. Now, what about this one um, that I'm seeing mentioned in the footnotes of your case, the Chauvin v. Strain? I'm I'm assuming that's Agriculture Commissioner uh, Mike Strain, Chauvin v. Strain. Um, Yeah. What about that? Okay.
4: That one, I believe, is. they said that it was, one was dropped. Yeah. That, that one was the one that was settled. Yes, because they got rid of that, that um, subjective rule arrangement demonstration. Oh, okay.
3: okay, that was after that. Okay. Well, I, you know, right. I, when you look at the, uh, the number of people who leave this state to go to other states to do business and the, and the uh, unemployment in this state, it, it just seems like we're, we do everything we can to put a roadblock in front of people. Uh, who who want to be small business owners or entrepreneurs or whatever. This is just one more way that they do this.
4: Absolutely. And whenever we do have people who are coming to this state, for example, military families mm-hmm. who have maybe their spouse has a license from another state, if they've gone through the training, the background check, and there's no reason for them not to continue whatever profession they had in another state, if they've been practicing uh, as, a, as a barber or a hairstylist or a cosmetologist, for years and years and years, why shouldn't they be able to work in Louisiana? We just we just keep putting up these roadblocks and, and signaling to people that we're just we're closed for business. We don't want you here. We don't want your family here, and uh, we're
3: happy with the way things are. You know that brings to mind the new campaign that uh, Christy Nome is doing in South Dakota, and she says if you're a, if you're a certified plumber somewhere else, if you're a pipe fitter, if you're if any, anything somewhere else, we will uh, respect and acknowledge your license. You can come do business in South Dakota. I mean, I thought it was the exact opposite of what we do in Louisiana. It's almost like we want to restrict them. Yeah,
4: every time I see that commercial, I think I think to myself, "This is what we want to do. This is what we need to be doing." And mm-hmm. and if people think of all the things that we have that South Dakota doesn't, doesn't have, have.
3: <laughs> yeah, like Mardi Gras and uh, <laughs> and good food, Mardi Gras,
4: <laughs> tolerable temperatures, great yeah. food.
3: Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, when do you expect to uh, go into well? When will you go into court on this? Do you know? Do you have any idea?
4: That's a- that's hard to say. Um, the the state will um, provide some sort of a response um, within within a reasonable time period, and we'll um, we'll see what the uh, the court orders us to do next. And they may want some more information. Um, so we'll just we'll see how it plays out. We're 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 here for it. We're ready to see this through.
3: And you can can you use like uh, information from other states and the way they allow people to 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 do this without having a license, without jumping through so many hoops.
4: Oh, sure. That's that's something that we noted. There's there's no information from other states because we're really the only state that does this. <laughs> oh, we're the only state that does this that requires a forest license. Uh, we're unique in a lot of ways, and, no. but not all of those reasons right. for that we're
3: unique are good things exactly there's another one i want to talk to you about we're going to take a break but this uh the uh, the uh freesard uh transportation case uh you filed Mm -hmm. that even before this one so i want to do i I do want to talk to you because that's a trucking company and that affects a lot of people so we'll be right back with sarah harbison pelican institute for public policy uh you know keeping it real and filing on behalf of the people against the Overweening, overreaching, outrageous bureaucratic snares that we get caught into when we try to just do a business or be an entrepreneur. It's crazy. We'll be right back with Sarah Harveston. Don't go away. This
2: is your big day.
3: We've got uh, Sarah Harveston on the line, Pelican Institute for Public Policy. Now, this other f- lawsuit, this could have a real effect on, on everything because almost all goods and services, almost all goods in this country are transported at, at some point or, or another by truck. So, what is this about? Fris- is it Frissard or Frizzard or how do you pronounce that name, uh, Sarah?
4: Frizzard's Trucking. Frizzard's Trucking, yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. So, what, what yeah. is this about?
4: Well, the Frizzards um, own a transportation company. Um, the, the business has been uh, – they've been a business for, for a few generations now, and Frizzards Transportation, LLC in particular, um, has been operated, operational in Louisiana since 2014. They're the largest trucking business in Louisiana, and they employ over 30 independent contractors as owner-operators who own their own trucks. They also have a separate business uh, with in-house drivers, And they would be very, very negatively impacted by a new Department of Labor rule that reclassifies who is an independent contractor and who is an employee.
3: Hmm. Why do they do that? Why? Because they want them to follow the Fair Labor Standards Act or something and the way they're compensated? Why, Why would they do that?
4: Well... Previously, it was fairly obvious under – there was sort of a a two-factor test to determine whether somebody was an employer or – I'm sorry, an employee or an independent contractor. It was Mm -hmm. fairly straightforward. It was fairly easy for you to to look at it and determine um, what was what. Yeah. They've muddied the waters by creating this new rule that's really not – supported in statute, any interpretational tool that we have available to us, or in any case law that muddies the waters. And it tips the scale in favor of finding that somebody is an employee rather than an independent contractor. Um, California did this first, and we suspect that the justification for taking it nationwide um, is because union membership is declining. Independent contractors Uh, can't join unions.
3: uh, uh If you have
4: more employees you have more u- union members you have more union dues yeah. and that means more money to democratic candidates and liberal
3: causes so it's it's just a way for them to to pump up the union membership in a lot of ways by having people who actually employed and they can unionize and da. whereas contractors don't do that they're independent they have right. to, in order to maintain their independence i mean obviously they can't do that kind of thing
4: and we have seventy million freelancers in this country. Eighty percent of them prefer being a freelancer, mm-hmm. working for themselves. This isn't this isn't something that the workers want, certainly.
3: So it's just coming down from the 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 Biden administration, from that's the, National right, the Labor Department Relation? of Labor. It's, yeah,
4: yeah. It's okay. a rule that's supposed to take effect uh, next month, in about um, just a little less than a month, on March eleventh. So we filed a lawsuit. Uh, this one is in the Eastern District of Louisiana, so the New Orleans area district. And uh, we asked for uh, an injunction to keep the rule from being put into place.
3: So once again, is this going to have to go to the Supreme Court? Because haven't they already? I mean, I, I read some of your things uh, in the brief, and the Supreme Court has t- talked about the National Labor Relations Act and the intent of Congress. And once again, it's a bunch of bureaucrats taking the intent of Congress and totally twisting it out of that intent or beyond that intent, right? I mean, it looks like the Supreme Court has already ruled on this kind of thing.
4: You're absolutely right. John Roberts absolutely hates this type of, this type of thing. Um, for- as you mentioned, unelected bureaucrats; these are people who are not politically accountable. You can't vote them out in the next election. This is somebody who sits at a desk and uh, carries out, I guess, the mission of the executive branch. In this case, uh, is President Biden. And but to make a rule, you have to have some sort of something to hook it onto. Um, you've got to have a real justification for it in statute. You can't just make things from, up from whole cloth. And in this case, we don't have a statutory hook to to attach it to. Um, there's this is just something that they've that they've come up with. I'm, I'm, I suppose based on the California rule, um, and it's it's outside their authority. And um, if this gets to the Supreme Court, uh, and it could, I think they're going to lose.
3: Well, I hope they lose because uh, I mean, these things have been working. I, it, has there been any egregious violation? of anybody's rights with the situation the way it is now, with the setup the way it is now?
4: Uh, I haven't heard any complaints from 80% of people prefer to work for themselves. Things seem to be working just fine the way that they are. And in in, uh, Cully Frizzard's case, um, he employs or has a a relationship with truckers, and they choose what loads they want to carry, when they want to work, and uh, they decline the ones that they don't want to work. So it's... um, it allows them to operate efficiently. Um, Whatever the trucking business can operate efficiently, those goods cost a little bit less. And I, I mean, as. You know, the president was trying to pull the wool over our eyes this past weekend, saying that your bag of Doritos is just smaller and they're charging you the oh, same yeah, price. Oh yeah,
3: that was ludicrous. I mean, he could. He I don't think
4: anybody fell for that.
3: If he didn't, if he didn't want to do the Super Bowl commercial, at least his advisors should have said, "Don't do this because you're the reason for the shrinkage, buddy, and the inflation." <laughs> you know, we're paying more for less. Absolutely, that's you, buddy. That's on you. So he just kind of, once again, I mean, I don't know who's advising them, but I want to send him a thank you note. They're they're doing a terrible <laughs> job, and I love. Love it but now the, the other thing is the interpretation of um, it, where they try to say that you it's a routine and it's the same activity over and over again and therefore you know it doesn't qualify for in business for himself. That that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me, you know. That they're trying to no, uh, none of
4: it. go ahead, no, none of it, none of it makes sense. Um, they put into these six sort of weird factors the the extent to which the work performs is performed as an integral part of the potential employers business is one of the things that we look at oh, and I, I know that we mentioned in the lawsuit that a plumber for example who works for himself the the service he provides to a restaurant in keeping uh, the, the bathrooms open and keeping it sanitary that could there's a good argument that that's an integral part of the potential employer's business. But he is not an employee no. of the restaurant. He gets called out to the restaurant. So what is what are these things what do these six things even mean? So and and they're, they have, they're designed they have, to be muddy.
3: Yeah. Don't they have contracts? I mean, when you when you hire somebody, you have a contract with them, right? Maybe not always Absolutely. that clearly defined, but it's a contract for services. So
4: you I, negotiate the time, yeah. the rate of pay, the services that you provide, um, sometimes a, a measure of, of satisfaction or, or completion or um, or uh, or what's considered to be a success. You negotiate all of those terms. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it makes sense to say, well, I those terms don't work for me, so I'm going to decline that job because another one that does make sense is going to come up.
3: Yeah. Well, Sarah... I mean, how many of these lawsuits, are you, how many balls are you juggling in the air? You got this one, you got the Mixon case. Um, and uh, what about this one? When when do you think this is going to go to court? Do you have any idea? You filed this a little bit before the Mixon case.
4: We did, and hopefully this one moves along a little bit faster because the rule is set to take effect on March 11th.
3: Oh, my gosh, yes. All right. Well, keep us posted. Uh, We hope we wish you much success. And we want to thank you for doing this. Pelican Institute has really been a warrior on behalf of independent entrepreneurs, small businesses, et cetera. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Sarah.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
3: Take care. All right. And keep us posted. Take care. All right. Uh, Absolutely. we'll, uh, We'll be right back. Got to take a break for the news. Don't go away. We could walk away from that Ukraine, yes. Getting messier by the day, isn't it? And no accountability and more money, more money, more money, more money. It's the homeboys taxing network, more money. <sighs> Here we go. They, well, I, I got to give it to Mike Johnson. You know, he's been holding tough. He wants to have a meeting with uh, Biden <laughs> like that's ever going to happen. <laughs> um The senators are pushing back. Not our senators. But some senators are. I never thought that I would see John Kennedy fall for this. But man, a just horrible vote. I, I get Cassidy. Cassidy's bought into all that. Oh, Ukraine is going to go. Ukraine's going to go under anyway. Ukraine partly went under in twenty fourteen. What did Obama do about it? Nothing. Sent him blankets and 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 meals and you know uh, military meals. You know the kind. <laughs> Kind of, we send our military men overseas, and <laughs> they wouldn't send them any weapons. That's when Russia invaded Crimea. Now, all of a sudden, what? What? And uh, the people in the Donbass region mostly identify as ethnic Russian. Oh, there is, oh my gosh, I'm going to try to find that. Um, there is one clip by Robert Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that is so Absolutely on target it is if I can find it, I will play it for you. I will try to play most of it for you because it is it is deadly it is so deadly on target um now why why is it so deadly on target? because look what's happening. The United States is bankrolling its own invasion. This is from the epic times epoch times. Funding the United Nations and its partners, which in turn give hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, remember, in H.R. 2, that was the bill that was put out by the House Republicans. And they had a poison pill in there themselves about not giving the money to nonprofits. Why? Because these NGOs were laundering money and giving it back to the Democrats. That's the way they do it. Over and over again, it's just a money laundering operation, both in the munitions area and in the nonprofit area. And the nonprofit area, uh, for instance, on the border, uh, nonprofits that are helping oh, the poor migrants. No, it's not helping anybody but the cartels and these NGOs that are, that are mostly leftist NGOs that believe in globalism. And so they want migrants all over the world, you know, because it's the um resettlement migration. That's what the U.N. called it. Back in the nineties, you think, you think this is something new? It's not. And while the UN has aided migrants for decades, the scope, the scope of that operation has gone bananas all over the world and definitely here. We have illegal immigrants from at least 160 countries, not just Latin America, South America. No, it has all surged under Joe Biden. Why? Because he's subsidizing it. We're bankrolling the invasion of our country. Thank goodness they impeached Mayorkas. Maybe it'll, they'll get some. Uh, it'll get some attention in Washington D.C. by the Biden administration. And when I see the other binder, not the one that was probably in Mar a Lago talking about the Russia collusion, but the other binder, you know, the one who runs—that's what Jesse calls Corinne Jean Pierre, the binder, because she can't do, say anything without that binder. She's got to have the binder flip the pages. Okay, what am I saying about this? She's out there saying right now that if the Republicans wanted to solve this issue, they would sign it. But no, they're enthralled to Donald Trump. And what what uh, Biden said over the weekend was disgraceful, was just disgraceful. And it's all Donald Trump's fault. Donald Trump, this Donald Trump, that Donald Trump is all the source of all evil in the world, you know. Meanwhile, Mr. President, you broke it with executive orders. You can fix it. With, exe- with executive orders within the parameters of the immigration law as it exists right now. That's what Trump did. He fixed it within the parameters of the immigration law that we have right now. You can do the same thing because you broke it. You own it. You can fix it. But how have we been bankrolling that invasion? Well, here's how. More than a billion in funding. Yeah, from you and me. They, when they say from the U.S. government to the U.N., no, it's not the U.S. government. U.S. government doesn't produce anything, nothing that's good anyway. What they do is they fleece us, the American taxpayer, and decide how they're going to distribute our money to people who do not have our best interests at heart. This is what we're sick of. There's no accountability. If we thought that there was a real end game or something that was going to benefit us in Ukraine, hey, why not? Why not? I mean, we've spent money. We've spent more money in other places for less result. Why not Ukraine? I'll tell you why not? Cause it's basically a money laundering operation and has been for decades. And it's not just the Democrats and it's not just Joe Biden. Look at how hard Mitch McConnell, shame on him. How much is he lining his pocket? And Lindsey Graham and all these people who say this is our priority—we we can't give twenty billion to the border. We can give sixty-one billion, ninety billion, you name it, a hundred billion, whatever—to Ukraine—and no, absolutely zero accountability. Hey, Joyce, welcome to the Ross Report. Well, yes. How are you today? Uh, <laughs> a lot How going on, huh? Oh gosh, yes. I leave this place for five days, and look what happens.
1: (laughs) I know. it. You have to stay here to keep everything (laughs) under control. But I did call John Kennedy's uh, office today, and it was an interesting conversation, which you probably already know this, that uh, they did send a bunch of money to Ukraine, but some of that money Ukraine is is going to use to buy uh, materials uh, for war from the United States.
3: Well, you know, good old Mitch McConnell. You know, is that he nice? I well, mean... Wait a minute. Well, he uh, said it in a, on the floor of the Senate. You can find the clip online. Mitch McConnell says, I want to remind you that a lot of that money is going to our own, def- uh, you know, contractors and, uh, and American companies. Defense. Yeah.
1: Right. I no didn't kidding. say that exactly right. And I think it, that is so backwards. <laughs> and I don't see any reason we should be sending money to Ukraine when we are struggling over here with the uh, record high inflation. And well, Joyce, it's the, worse and than the, that.
3: Uh, we're borrowing from other countries to yeah. give it to Ukraine, and then we're going to have to pay them back at outrageous, exorbitant interest rates. I mean, <laughs> is this any way to run a country? No. Does
1: anybody, do any of those countries ever send us money other than the money we loan them to send us?
3: Uh, on occasion, <laughs> we have had them. Yeah, it's, it's basically money laundering. That's basically it.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. And I suggested to John Kennedy's uh, spokesperson who answered the phone, I said, I have a question. I said, why won't uh, John Kennedy go on Carol Ross', Ross report?
3: <gasps> Joyce, you didn't.
1: <laughs> yes, I did. I said, I think he should go on and take some tough questions. I said, or is that what he's afraid of? You know? So you didn't. I did. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, they're not going to take your call again, I can tell you that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, I'll tell you, so many times politics reminds me, because I'm an English major, you know that? Uh-huh. The theater of the absurd. Truly. It is absurd, and it is a slam dunk in the faces of the American worker taxpayer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Anyway, when, you, know, my... you know
3: and I know when they say U.S. Right. government funding going anywhere, it means they're taking it from us to give to other people. Exactly.
1: And now we're treating illegal immigrants better than our own veterans, and they are committing crimes against our police officers and making yes. our country less safe than it was, and they're still letting them flow. Oh, and the, and the best thing of all, it, one of the best things is, the border is secure. We hear that from you know we're looking at thousands of or more than thousands of people who come across and an open border, and they're telling us that it's secure. Well, oh, okay. that,
3: that was their shtick until it became until it came up on their radar screen that this is a crisis that's affecting our poll numbers and we're not going to get reelected. And then all of a sudden, it's a crisis, and it's Trump and the Republicans' fault, and they better give us more money. <laughs>
1: well i don't know yeah right it's it's trump's fault from when he was in there right yeah. and they stole the election all right well okay i'll talk to you later yeah i'll see you tonight <laughs> bye see you
3: tonight thanks joyce <laughs> bye i hope joyce didn't get herself in trouble telling him to come on the roster i can tell you i've talked to his local rep i don't know how many times i've talked to his washington rep and no he just won't come on the show and you know so now I don't feel so bad about calling him Senator Cornpone. So <laughs> I might just keep doing it. All right, we got to take a break. Got to take a break. We'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't make me come down there and get you. <laughs> Stay right where you are.
0: So perfume through the air I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up good vibrations.
3: Oh, this is my favorite time of day. Cause when they light the fire, at Adino's, oh, it's for some good food, and we got a new pizza of the month. Oh, we my do. gosh, Tim. We do. The, Jacques the Jacques
2: Boudreau. Jacques Boudreau, yes. Tell Shirt me about it. just in time for lit, you know. Oh, that's right. Only Holy Day of Obligation, and it's Valentine's Day. So how about this? You come to Dino's, get the Jacques Boudreau, and we'll put it in a heart shape for you.
3: <gasps> oh, Sha <yeah>, Baby.
2: <laughs> really? <laughs> and, you didn't, and you forgot to make reservations. You were so busy with Mardi Gras.
3: Oh, we don't so... take
2: reservation. We haven't taken reservation, so so we're gonna have room. Oh, that I'll is you out of my mind. Is... You didn't buy flowers. You didn't buy a card. <laughs> I'll get heart shaped pizza, and I take care of all your problems.
3: You get the Jacques Boudreaux tender shrimp, tasty crawfish, succulent crab meat. All three spiced up and piled high. You you do not skimp on the no, seafood. Top, no. I know that. No, we do not. You know, we when i had, oh, so, man, I'll tell uh, you. And it's all
2: Louisiana seafood as well. You know that. So.
3: That's the other thing that I love about it. I don't yeah. want none of that Chinese junk. No <laughs> Chinese. Not, no
2: Chinese.
3: No, no China. China. <laughs> Our shrimp, uh, well, I won't, I, won't, I won't, that would be an ethnic joke, and I'm not going to say that. Anyway, <laughs> so I'll, I'll be a little more, uh, a, a, a little more um, sensitive. Let me put it that sensitive. way. A little more sensitive. Okay. We're sensitive yeah. people, aren't we, Tim? We this
2: are absolutely very
3: absolutely. All right, so now we're gonna have uh, we have some specials tomorrow. Like tomorrow on uh, ber- on uh, Kali Saloon, it's the Hangover Burger. That's usually right. your Thursday thing, I believe, but that'll be tomorrow.
2: Right? You might have you might have a double once it's a bottle of wine with Valentine. Oh. You, know, you know you might you might you know if you're giving up drinking, you might you know if you put in your contract that it's not starting until Thursday or Monday, whatever you know. So
3: <laughs> you know this is like. The yeah. best pizza. They don't need a checkered tablecloth to really get into the to, into the Italian vibe. You know what I'm saying?
2: No, we got it. You want a checkered tablecloth? We have my Frazier. Come am serious. We've got my Frazier. we got seafood there. we got gumbo. You know we got
3: There you go. Wait, let it. me right. tell you what. Three incredible... Dino's, Bertrand Collie, Saloon and Out in the Basin, and two amazing Prejeans, I-49 North and Broussard. What is not to love? Everywhere you go, there's love in the air at Dino's and Prejeans. What you gonna do?
2: Gotta there we do. go. Just all come right. see us. Thank you, come Tim. Well, all right. Thanks Happy
3: Valentine's time. Day, my friend. Happy Valentine's.
2: <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: All right. So, yeah. Oh, man. You just gotta love those folks. They do. Good food like nobody else. Good, fresh, wonderful. All right. Th- this is the thing I found that RFK, who really profits from the Ukraine war? Now, it hurts me to listen to this man because his voice, it's very difficult. But I'm telling you what he's saying. It's a shame his voice has that, that issue because what he's saying is, is so devastatingly true. And if you haven't seen it, I want you to hear it because what he's saying is incredible.
0: It should have never happened. It's a war that Russians tried repeatedly to settle on terms that were very, very beneficial to you.
3: Okay, okay. How many times have I said Minsk Accord? If you in my audience do not know those two words, Minsk Accord, more than once they tried to do the Minsk Accord. We kept pulling the rug out from under them because we had better ideas.
0: The major thing they wanted was for us to keep NATO out of the Ukraine. The big... Military contractors want to add new countries to NATO all the time. Why? Because then that country has to conform its military purchases to NATO weapon specifications, which means certain companies, Northrop North Grumman, Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Lockheed get a trapped market. In March of 2022, we committed $113 billion. Just to give you an example, we could have built a home for almost every homeless person in this country. We then committed another 24 billion since that, two months ago, and now President Biden is asking for another 60 billion. But the big, big expenses are gonna come after the war, when we have to rebuild all the things that we destroyed. Mitch McConnell was asked, can we really afford to spend 113 billion to Ukraine. He said, don't worry. It's not really going to Ukraine. It's It's going going to to American defense manufacturers.
3: And when we have to go in and rebuild like we did in Vietnam, like we did in Europe after World War II, like we're trying to do everywhere else, then everybody gets in on the act.
0: Just admit it, it's a money laundering scheme. And who do you think owns every one of those companies? BlackRock. BlackRock. So Tim Scott, during the Republican debate said don't worry it's not a gift to Ukraine it's a loan so raise your hand if you think that that loan ever getting paid back yeah of course it's not so why do they call it a loan because if they call it a loan they can impose loan conditions and what are the loan conditions that we impose on number one of extreme austerity program so that if you're poor in Ukraine you're going to be poor forever number two most important Ukraine has to put all of its government-owned assets up for sale to multinational corporations, including all of its agricultural land, uh-huh. the biggest single asset in Europe, in Ukraine. There's a thousand years' war fought over that land. It's the richest farmland in the world. It's the breadbasket of Europe, 500,000 kids almost. Ukrainian kids, have died to keep that land as part of Ukraine. They almost certainly didn't know about this loan condition. They've already sold 30% of it. The buyers were DuPont, Cargill, and Monsanto. Who do you think owns all of those companies? BlackRock. And then in December, President Biden gave out the contract to rebuild Ukraine. And who do you think got that contract? BlackRock. BlackRock. So they're doing this right in front of us. They don't even care that we know anymore. Because they know that they can get away with it. And how do they know that? Because they have a strategy. And that strategy is an old, old strategy, which is they keep us at war with each other. They keep us hating on each other. Mm-hmm. They keep the Republicans and Democrats fighting each other and black against white and all these divisions that they sow. If you like this video.
3: Divide and conquer. That's the way they do it. Divide and conquer. Keep us fighting each other and we won't pay attention to what the heck they're doing to us. So we try to be vigilant on this program. We try to share that. When I saw that, and it's not anything you all don't know, but he put it so succinctly, so succinctly, that I I just felt like I wanted to share it with you because it had the ring of so much truth and so much honesty Do I think he has a prayer? No, because, you know, he's uh, he's really good on this. He was good on the vaccines and the mandates there and the freedom of speech, that kind of thing. There are other things that we wouldn't agree with him on, you know, maybe a little too left on on a few of the social issues. Oh, by the way, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, that that binder uh, said, you see what happened in New York? uh, That tells you that nobody wants what the conservative Republicans and what MAGA wants uh, because a Democrat got elected. Uh, that is a cuckoo district any, any district that would elect George Santos, you know how to be a cuckoo district that 's number one number two, the woman who was running she was she sounded like a Democrat on the social issues and Swazi, who's the guy who won, who is a Democrat, he sounded like a Republican on border and inflation and immigration issues so hey don't you can 't read anything to it it 's new york it 's New York. you know what I 'm saying? New York Love is in Love the air people again. I hope it 's in your air everywhere. I hope you're feeling it. I'm sending you some love right now. Because <laughs> no matter what kind of garbage we have to fight on a daily basis, we do it with love and passion. And in the realization that we're wise and we're right and we're good. We're good enough, we're smart enough, and on it. Well, I don't know who likes us, but we're going to do it anyway. Bill <laughs> Franken. Stuart Smalley Doggone it We're good enough We're we're smart enough And doggone it People like us So we're going to keep it up Love you guys really and truly I do Do it for you Do it for you Have a great evening Drive safely Be with the ones you love Or love the one you live I don't know (laughs) Bye-bye
0: and